Last week, we told you about Caldrea, and this week, we are just as excited to remind you of how fabulous Caldrea truly is. Caldrea is a consciously crafted home and body care brand that combines thoughtful ingredients with delectable scents, making caring for ourselves and our homes a beautiful experience. Air Care, the finishing touch to crafting a beautiful home caring experience. Caldrea's Air Care products transform your home with your favorite fragrances, immersing you in luxury in every room. Air Care products like linen and room sprays and candles can help you instantly turn your home into somewhere you want to be. Little indulgences that make every day feel like a spa day. Fragrance for every mood and every room. Heaven in a bottle. I had guests at our table asking about that heavenly smell, and of course I tell them, it's Caldrea. Personally, my favorite scent is the sea salt neroli. It smells like summer, and you cannot beat that feeling. Summer brings back such beautiful memories, so having Caldrea around is always a hit. Get free shipping on orders of $50 or more when you buy online at caldrea.com. That's C-A-L-D-R-E-A.com. Visit caldrea.com and find your signature scent. From Podcast One and the Lady Gang, are you ready for a relatable, unapologetic take on life? This is the Ladies Like Us podcast with Nazanin Mandy and Nadia Mohan. Welcome to an all-new episode of Ladies Like Us. Happy Tuesday. This is Nazanin Mandy. And I'm Nadia Moham. And it is Tuesday, and we are back. And what's <laughs> crack-a-lacking in the world? <laughs> oh, my God. So, so much, much shit. I know. So much is happening, and we feel the energy daily. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And... It's important to to take care of ourselves daily. And, you know, some days are amazing. Some days are heavier than others. Mm-hmm. I, I find that a lot mm-hmm. to be the common, the common theme. Yeah, you never know what you're going to feel. No, <laughs> no. Um, it's, you know, a lot of it's overwhelming. And besides what's uh, obviously going on in the world, like a lot of people are dealing with like personal things too. Right. Exactly. Trying to figure out their life. Like I'm overwhelmed as fuck, like very, very overwhelmed. So yeah, it's a lot. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate. What are you feeling overwhelmed with right now? I am, I'm starting um, a company. Mm -hmm. So starting things from the ground up and making everything aligned is a lot. Mm -hmm. And I try to do things on my own a lot. Mm-hmm. So I have to learn to ask for help. Yeah. And I have it. I have amazing management and connections and I'm very grateful for that. Um, but I have to learn when to say, okay, Nas, it's okay that you're not doing this by yourself. Mm-hmm. The and control. Actually, yeah, it's been a struggle for me a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, like- because if you want to build a business, there's no way you can do it all by yourself and, and ensure that um, it's, it's really difficult to let go of that control of wanting to to control all the aspects of everything because you do have to trust your team. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. And it's, you know, it's not, and I can say it's not that I don't trust them. Mm-hmm. I, just the way I move, it's like I need to know every step. Mm-hmm. And... um Sometimes we can't know every step, you know, everything, mm-hmm. especially nowadays is super unpredictable. Right. So, yeah, I'm just trying to balance everything. It's a lot. Like I'm very overwhelmed. Like I feel like yeah. I have 
my hand in a lot of pots, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Of course. Um, and it's like, now I'm trying to narrow things down to focusing on my purpose mm-hmm. and focusing on my passion. And mm. to me, those are two different things for mm-hmm. me personally, for mm-hmm. somebody, it could be the same thing, mm-hmm. you know? Of course. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to like figure it out and not put so much pressure on myself. That's really good that you're doing that because I think once you, whenever you do get overwhelmed and if you sit down and, and write it out and say, okay, what's overwhelming you around this, this and this, okay, what can I control? What can I not? Um, and you always root it back to, is it part of my purpose or is it part of my passion? You know what right. I mean? And yeah, for you to be able to distinguish that is so important just to, to give yourself that balance and peace of mind and, and prioritize things that should be more important than others, you know? Yes. So that, that's For good. Sure. It's also like letting go of guilt of the things that are not as important as mm-hmm. other things. I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. why don't I, I feel like this is as important, but I feel that way. And that's okay. Like mm-hmm. there's no right or wrong answer. If it's right. not your and you don't feel that way, it's okay. You're not letting right. anybody, it's okay. Yeah, you can't force your passion. You know, you can't force no. those things. If it's not there, it's not there. Exactly. So yeah, you know, I'm going to figure it out and it's not going to be overnight. None of it is overnight. Right. Uh, but I, I'm not giving up. I've never been a quitter. So I'm just keep going. That's all I'm going to do yep. is just keep You'll be just fine. <laughs> I will. How <laughs> <are> you? <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, I will say, like, when I was listening to last week's episode, there was something that um, Aaron and I were, were saying that I feel like I – the point that I was trying to make didn't come out the way I wanted it to. It kind of got misconstrued. It wasn't what I was trying to say, and so I, it kind of bothered me, and I thought about – taking it out of the episode in editing, but, but to me taking out that portion of it um, kind of would have messed up the whole flow of the conversation and interrupted something important that she was saying. And so just to, just to correct something that I had said that I, that's not what I meant. (laughs) Once again, I'm correcting myself. (laughs) It's okay. Man, Um, we all say things that were like, man, but I didn't mean it that way. Yeah. I said it wrong. Like everybody does this. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. We're all human. We're all human here. Exactly. And and no one pointed it out to me. It wasn't anything that somebody said to me or anything. It was just something that I listened to back and I was like, oh, that's not what I meant by that. Why did, that's not how, okay, let me fix that. (laughs) Um, But I was saying that a lot of people, um, I was trying, what was starting to come out of my mouth and then Aaron kind of like interrupted it and said, Oh, it, it's um, okay not to know about what's happening. And what I was trying to say was it's okay to admit that you don't know. And because mm-hmm. to me, it's like at this point in time, you should know. And if you don't know about racism in this country and you don't know what black people are suffering right now, and if you haven't known then you're just being ignorant about it. And that part is not okay. To me, my whole point was, I just want people to feel okay to admit that they didn't know and to feel like, okay, yes, you're wrong in the sense that you weren't paying attention, you're being ignorant and you didn't know, 
but now let's focus on the future and let's focus on fixing those things. But you have to be able in order to, to process it in order to apologize and process and move forward. You have to admit you're wrong. And that was my whole, that was what I was trying to say. It's okay to admit that you were wrong. It's okay to admit that you didn't know. Right. But now what, what now? So is it weird that I knew that's what you meant? Maybe it's because I know you. Oh, maybe that's, I'm glad you knew what I meant by that. (laughs) That makes me feel better. That's exactly what I thought you meant. Good, good. I'm glad. But that's not how it kind of came out because I think that she thought that I meant it's okay not to know because that's what she kind of finished my sentence as and then went off saying, yeah, but it's not cool that people don't know. And then, you know, we carried it on from there. And I'm not blaming Erin or anything like that, nothing like that. I'm just trying to correct that moment in that conversation that happened that I just don't want anyone to think that I'm sitting here saying, it's okay that people don't know about racism because that's right, not right, true. Right. No, no, no. So, that, yeah. I mean, I definitely know you don't think that that's true. So, yeah, right, absolutely, right. absolutely. But again, you absolutely. do know me, so <laughs> I yeah, got to clarify. I, exactly. And if I did think that, I would have, like, text you outside of it and be like, Hey, why'd you say that? (laughs) Why did you say that? Like, yeah, Yeah. no, no, but I'm glad you clarified it because as a listener and people that don't know us, sometimes the things that we say, they take it a different way. Totally. Totally. You know? And it's like, no, that's not what we meant. And, And, you know, as a lot of people know, like we've been in incidents where things have happened and we're like, but we didn't mean it that way. That was a natural awkward reaction because we were uncomfortable and you know a lot of things can be misconstrued and you guys obviously cannot see our faces um so yeah I'm glad you clarified it yeah it's just important like something that just it just caught my attention I was like let me just clear that up but um what else is going on I oh well good news for today was that um they um overturned um what was it um daca that um trump was trying to get rid of yes Yes. they overturned that so um people will still be able to get their daca benefits which is awesome and that's a big deal i mean no Um, it is that is huge and the fact that he can't do shit about it yeah he's probably so mad (laughs) i know he is probably oh my god pulling out his hair i mean my god yeah, he's probably so mad, but screw <laughs> it, you know? Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> um, what else? This this whole hanging situation is really insane. Um, all these hangings and, that have been coming about. And it's not and coincidental. And to no. me, um, you know... They're I trying don't think to say they're all suicides? It definitely is not suicide. Yeah, Come I don't on. believe that. All of a sudden, like, I just, I, I don't know. I could be wrong in this, but like, how often do you hear of black men hanging themselves when they commit suicide? Like, it's just such a symbolic thing that it's so symbolic and deep. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you're going to sit there and tell me that all these men across the country during the same week just happened to to decide to hang themselves and all committed suicide during this moment. It's very strange. And I really hope they get to the bottom of it because 
you know, now, at least now more than ever, everyone is bringing attention to every incident that is happening, every life that's being taken and everyone yes. is demanding justice. So, um, you know, that's, oh, Bourbon, get over here. Sorry. Dogs. See, this is what happens when you record in quarantine, guys. <laughs> no, no, no. The whole vanity has been screaming, and I, I cannot believe you can't hear it. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I might have heard her at one point. I did. Oh my god! Like she's dr- just trying to get crazy. She's trying to get her moment. <laughs> I guess, but like, <laughs> I'm like, we're trying to talk here, lady. I know they're so funny um but yeah what else um we I went away this weekend for our friend Rosa June's 30th birthday we kept it small I know it was so fun we got a house um well freaking Erin she's so funny because you know she doesn't know California that well so originally (laughs) they told me Palm (laughs) Springs okay so I'm like "Okay, okay we're going to Palm Springs then she tells me it's Temecula. Then I look what? and we're driving. We're driving to like San Diego. <laughs> oh, shit. So you drove it was, all the way out there? Yeah, yeah. It was like Valley Center or something, kind of near Escondido, San Diego. So okay. they, they got a house out there with a pool. And, you know, we kept it really small made sure everybody um that was going we knew was being um you know careful with their quarantine and being mindful um and it was like a small our a small group of us and it was fun and we just partied and I will say that I don't know if this is um I don't know okay I don't know if I was either PMSing or if I, I have been in quarantine too long and this was my first encounter with a lot of people at once, or if I'm just uh-huh. growing up and changing and evolving, but it was kind of a lot for me. I'm not going to be honest. I mean, I'm gonna, not going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. Right. In the sense that you go from just Omar and I in this little apartment living a certain way you know, cleaning up after ourselves and keeping things tidy to a house full of people that was, it was just kind of messy and it was, you know, everyone was partying. So nobody was caring about cleaning or, you know, that sort of thing. And so it was, it was really messy. And I felt like my OCD was on a whole nother level. And I Uh felt like I was being a mom. I'm not saying they made me be a mom. I'm, this is all me and my personal experience. I felt like I was acting like a mom and being like, close the door because the flies were getting in. And, you know, right. like, just, I don't know what happened to me. I was just like, not in my normal party mode. I just wasn't about it. I mean, okay. This is just uh, what I'm uh, observing. We are getting older, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, so like, <laughs> you know, the way, you, the way we look at things or our patience for certain things is changing. Right. Exactly. You know, like it's, it's the right, what is right and what is wrong. No, I don't want to say wrong, but like, Hey, close that door because of this, you know, now it's like, no, we should be doing that before right, it was right. like, eh, we're at a party, whatever people are going to walk in and out. It's fine. Right. right. And then. Also, I do think you're right. Like 
we've been in quarantine, like for real been in quarantine. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you're having, maybe you're a little stressed or like you're, you're. Well, it was, a, it was like a shock, you know, it was like such a different yeah. environment from what I was, I've been used to for so many months. Right. So maybe you were yeah. like hypersensitive of energy. Probably. Yeah. I think all of that had to do with it. And we also, when we showed up, we showed up kind of late on Friday because Omar ended up having to work later than he had planned. So when we showed up, they were already like balls to the wall deep in their partying and we were just okay. getting there. And so there was like a mismatch of energy that I like, I couldn't get into just yet because I had just gotten there. And so it just kind of like started off that way of us not being on the same page party wise. Like I went and was more relaxed kind of the whole time and just kind of chilled out, laid out, smoked, drank. Um, Saturday we turned up and, you know, and I also started taking naps. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, nasty is nastiest slowing down she's slowing down i mean you know i am all about this i am a <laughs> snail slow when it comes to these things i i will leave a party and go to sleep like it's i know just... that's been your life you know i know but for me you know it's just I, i'm just getting older and um you know omar and i are a lot older than everyone that we're for the most part older than most everyone that we were hanging out with. And so uh-huh. it's, I remember Marty, my ex used to always tell me that cause he was like, what, six years, seven years older than me. And yeah. I was like in my late twenties and he was like in his like mid thirties or something and around my age and he was starting to slow down and I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, you're so boring. Like, why are you so old? <laughs> And he used to always tell me, yeah, he used to always tell me, just wait, Nadia, you'll see. Wait till you start getting in your mid-30s, you're going to get tired. Right. <laughs> I'm like, damn it. I mean, he was early. I know, I know. He's so, right, yeah. Listen, I mean, Nastia is not, huh? I understand. Like, when, a, when adulting comes in and you're just like, man, I got to make really, you know, life choices and spread my energy where it needs to go. Like, I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Nasty is now retiring, but she's just slowing down a bit. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. No. So we'll see what happens. You, I just thought it was interesting. Do you ever feel guilty for slowing down? No, never guilty. That's good. Yeah. I don't, you know, I, I just got to do what I got to do for myself. So Amen. it's That's never, a- yeah, I don't, I don't live with a lot of guilt as far as those things are concerned. Um, but it's just more of um, me paying attention to how I feel about things and just really fine tuning that and paying attention to uh, uh, what I'm thinking and how I'm feeling in those moments and just kind of putting it together mean like, hmm, why do I feel this way right now? Why am I not wanting to do what I used to do? Or, you know, it's, it's just processing that and analyzing that and understanding why it's happening. I'm just always doing that. I'm constantly analyzing myself. <laughs> I, mean, there's so, no, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, you have to. Yeah, yeah you, you have, have to. to. 
You, yeah. you have to, to be a better, more well, well-rounded person. Uh, I mean, it's all connected. All of that is connected at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's no like, it, it's no disrespect or saying, oh, they're partying. So, you know, they're like, I'm better than them. It's nothing like that. It's just, this was my process during this moment. Um, and I just wasn't on that level this weekend. And I just thought that that was different for me and, and interesting. Um, Cause yeah. I haven't really well, felt like that before. So that's crazy. Well, you'll never forget it. You know, the first time time you slowed down. (laughs) That's hilarious. That was a moment in history, ladies and gentlemen. Right, right. (laughs) Damn, and I missed it. I missed it. I know you missed it. You'll see it again, 4th of July. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Okay, because you know, I'm going to be on that wavelength for sure. (laughs) Do you think, or do you think you're going to be like, I needed this, like... No, I mean, I I definitely need it, but like Mm -hmm. my, the way that I party is Mm -hmm. not, is not going to be like this crazy, like I'm, you know, like, I don't think messy Mandy's going to come out, you know? I don't think so. I love her. (laughs) I I love her too. And I mean that in the most (laughs) non-conceited way. Like I love her too. (laughs) I don't know. Like, but then again, See, messy, I messy Mandy. I always think of like in my twenties, but now messy Mandy in her thirties can still get drunk, but she doesn't need to throw up. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, for me, know, messy for, to- for 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 me, messy Mandy is when when you just let it all go and you just say fuck it and you have your drinks and you relax and you have a good time and you don't care about anything and i can see it in your face that you're not thinking about shit but having a good time that's yeah. who missy mandy is okay see then then yes may then i hope she that that person makes an appearance cuz she yes. needs to come she, she needs a break <laughs> has not stopped working and thinking i'm like during quarantine how am i so overwhelmed right like this right. is crazy so yeah, she, she definitely needs to come out on 4th of July. Yeah, definitely invite her. But I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> listen, it's your life and you get to decide what you want to stress you out and prioritize that. So if your cup is, is runneth full, then you need to, you know, double check that and say, okay, what are the things that I can take out of this cup that I'm going to be okay with this? You know, cause you, you tend to fill it up a little too much and overwhelm yourself when you don't always need to. So just Absolutely. be mindful of that. Yep. You're right. Absolutely. It's hard. It's hard. We want to do it all, especially women. We, we have a problem with that. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a problem. Yep. But I'm excited about today's show. Um, we, you actually went on her, what, what was it? Her live tinted shit. Was it live tinted at the time? It's or live. It's, sorry. Live. My bad. Um, yes. Yeah, so she did. So it's live tinted and she does mm-hmm. a series and she interviews women about, uh, women of color. Um, mm-hmm. and she interviews them and asks, you know, personal experiences growing up. How did you feel? Um, beauty tips, just life questions. And so mm-hmm. I went on her show probably two years ago, I think. Cause it's Damn already. 
or close to three because Platinum Life just finished, like it just wrapped. Mm. Um, And, you know, she asked me, you know, about growing up mixed race. Um, She asked me what it was like to be on the show. I mean, you know, just about being true to yourself, things like that, motivating Mm -hmm. topics. And she's amazing. Like she's a very, very amazing motivational woman. And I'm really excited to have her on the show. Awesome. I'm so excited too. So coming up next, we will be interviewing Deepika Mutiala. Did you know that many conventional deodorants contain aluminum, which forms a plug in your sweat glands to keep you from sweating? Yeah, yikes. Native's deodorant is made without aluminum, so you can feel better about what you're putting on your body. Native deodorant is formulated without aluminum, parabens, or talc. It's also vegan and never tested on animals. Making the switch to an aluminum-free deodorant does not mean you have to sacrifice on performance. Native will keep you smelling and feeling fresh all day long. And Native is excited for the relaunch of their toothpaste line. Most natural toothpastes feel like natural toothpaste during brushing. Gritty, little to no foaming, limited freshening powder, and without the clean mouth feeling you expect after brushing your teeth. Native's toothpaste use a special blend of naturally derived cleansers, flavors, and whiteners to deliver a great brushing experience without the trade-offs of other natural toothpastes. For 20% off of your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use the promo code LADIES during checkout. Again, for 20% off of your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com using promo code LADIES during checkout. So I don't know about you guys, but I am really sensitive to smells. I pick up all kinds of smells. And so because of that, I always make sure that my home stays smelling fresh and clean. That's why I have to tell you guys about Caldrea. Caldrea's air care products transform your home with your favorite fragrances, immersing you in luxury in every room. Their air care products include linen and room spray and candles that are the finishing touch to crafting a beautiful homekeeping experience. Hey, and I am definitely into any little indulgences that can make every day feel like a spa day. Okay, sign me up. And they have a fragrance for every mood and every room. So right now I'm doing a little tangelo palm frond in the living room and a little sea salt neroli in the bedroom, which let me tell you, makes me feel like I'm on vacation and who is not down for that. Right now, get free shipping on orders of $50 or more when you buy online at caldrea.com. That's C-A-L-D-R-E-A.com. Visit caldrea.com and find your signature scent. She first became known after her YouTube video of her using red lipstick to color correct her under eyes went viral. Then shortly after, she received an email from the Today Show to do the segment live on air, which then led her to quit her job to become a beauty influencer full time. She is now the founder and CEO of Live Tinted, a beauty movement to dismantle colorism and celebrate diverse beauty. Her mission is to change beauty standards and create a multicultural movement within the beauty industry. Please welcome Deepika Mutiala. 
Deepika Mutiara. Oh, oh, so I even so wrote close. it. Look. Oh, <laughs> Everything I in my brain, I was like, damn, that was an amazing <laughs> intro. <laughs> and then I messed it up. <laughs> no, it's okay. So before we, we hopped on, we were talking about how we always have to tell people how to properly say our names. Like this is the story of our lives. Um, I mean, the first day of school was always traumatizing because you're like, like, oh, the teacher that hesitates to say the next name, I would always be like, oh, that's me. That's me. Yeah, you jump the gun and tell them. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. Sorry, my bad, girl. I'm sorry. No, we rehearsed you know, that like three times. <laughs> what I was also saying was that I appreciated that you even asked, which is why I knew it's a lived-in experience that you've been through because the struggle is real. But you know yeah. what? I will say, this point in my life, it is so dope and cool to have a name that's unique and like part of where I came from. And Absolutely. as much as I hate it, I used to hate it, and now it's something that I finally feel like proud to own. It's funny that, not to bring this upon myself or talk about myself, but just take the opportunity that, because this is something I've been personally thinking about lately, is that um, I abbreviated my last name to make things easier for everyone in the industry. So my last name is Mohammedpur. I'm half Persian. But I changed it, abbreviated to Moham, M-O-H-A-M. And I did it for this show also. And for my, I'm a makeup artist, so I have it on my page. Um... And it just made sense marketing. Okay, it's easier. But I never have felt connected to it. And it feels fraudulent to me. And I, even on this show, introducing my name as Nadia Moham, I'm like, who is that? I don't know who that is. Who's that girl? Like, and I've, so I've seriously been con- reconsidering, like, just going back to my real name. Because it just doesn't do feel it. right to me. Yeah. It doesn't feel right. You so that's just funny. It. Bring that up. Because I've been totally thinking of that lately. Do and what don't. feels right. And then when you get married, you're going to be a whole new person. Oh my God. I mean, I don't know. I, that's a whole nother decision if I even want to change my last name. That's not a guarantee either, you know? I think about that, that a lot, true. actually. I, I, I'm single AF, so I don't know why I think about it all the time. But I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know, when I get married, do I have to take his last name? And I always say, like, well, I've already, like, it's my, it's my company, so I can just keep it. It's fine. But right. like, actually, it has nothing to do with that. I can decide on my terms whether I You want totally to. can. And I, and I just recently had this conversation with my mom, and she was trying to encourage me to keep my real last name, saying that she wishes she would have kept her last name because she feels like she lost a part of her identity when she married and switched her whole name over, that she lost her maiden name and lost part of who she was. It was like, she'd never told me that before. I thought that was interesting. That's an an interesting conversation. Yeah. Agreed. Is your mom the Persian side? No, my mom's Hispanic. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's it's still like, you know, the roots of where you come from and wanting to represent that. Yes. Well, let's talk about your roots. <laughs> We're talking about <laughs> since you are our guest. <laughs> Enough about us. Um, okay. So you, your ethnic background is you are Indian. I am South Indian and proud of it. Again, that was another thing that took time to say. So I feel like I can say that with confidence. I um, love it. And it's it's a took a thirty year journey to get here, but I feel so proud of that. Yeah. Right. Right. And. Let's talk about that journey because I feel like after kind of researching you and, and just knowing your background that Nas and I can totally relate and so many of our listeners can relate to that journey of just 
we grow up just kind of like almost, I don't want to say hating ourselves because that's so, so dramatic, but I think it's confused. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I, you just feel like you stick out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. So you're uncomfortable. You don't know which direction to go in. And, and I can just speak personally, being multicultural, mm-hmm. it's like being asked, well, what, what do you identify more with, mm-hmm. Mexican or Persian? And then you feel like you have to choose and you don't have to choose. So right, right. Yeah, the struggle, is it's always been there. Yeah. And even as an Indian American, that duality I felt of being not Indian enough or American enough mm-hmm. felt this conflict also. And also I live in Texas. I'm here now at home now and I walk around our neighborhoods and I, it, it brings me back almost to a, when I'm in my home, I feel happy because it's happy memories. But when I like the second I walk outside and see the neighborhood, it's almost like this pit in my stomach that reminds me of so many times in my life that I wasn't comfortable with who I was and hid, hid so much about myself. Like I, I literally dyed my hair blonde and got blue contacts. Mm-hmm. And it, we it, talked about this. I remember this story. Yes. Well, I was just going to say, like, Nazmi, I remember when you came um, and did our show, Hugh to Know, like, oh my God, was it like two years ago now? Or at least a year ago. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's so fascinating when you sit down and talk to someone and realize you have so much more in common than you realize. Because when Absolutely. you were sitting there and we hadn't met, I've obviously seen your stuff online and I was like, this girl has such positive energy, but you don't really feel like you have something in common with that person, but everything you said as being from your cultural background, I felt so many of those same commonalities. It was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, exactly the same, even down to wearing contacts yeah. and hiding behind something that is so superficial, but mm-hmm. it in some way makes you feel like you belong. Yeah, it, it's it's so deep. Even wearing something yes. like that, it's so deep. I, and I just speak from personal experience, but yeah, those little things like that make a difference for sure. They really do. And listen, like the difference is like if I do that to my hair now, or if I one night want to wear contacts, it's for a very different reason than when I did when I was growing up. And I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm grateful that that narrative is shifting, but there's still a long, long way to go. But I feel confident that with like this generation, our generation, mm-hmm. that can shift for the future ones. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I'm proud of our generation. I think we're really putting in the work and really um, taking note of what is wrong with so many aspects of our society. You know, just mm-hmm. beauty is just one of them, one of the many things. Um and, and we're finally saying, this is not okay. You know, yeah. you guys need to change that. And, and oh, by the way, I will say a little fun fact about um, your business. You um, have 70% of live tinted investors are women and 65% are people of color. And might I add, she didn't need a movement to tell her to do that. You have been doing that. So I applaud you for that because that's exactly yes. what we need. Thank you. Yeah. Let me tell you now, right now in the current climate of the world, everyone is looking at all sort of companies right now and saying, you know, where's your diversity? And so now they're scrambling to, to, to create diversity. And it's like, you should have already had the diversity. Why are you know, I, 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 that's great. You're doing it now. That's better than nothing, but it's we're behind on that. It's yeah. so and it interesting. Also question the intent. Is yeah. this a genuine intent? Right, or do right. you feel like you have to do it because of the movement? 
And I remember when I like started as a beauty influencer, I was always the token brown girl in beauty campaigns, like whatever brand it was, like I was the one brown girl and I was always the one that they used, which of course, like I'm grateful for because in one lens, because it's like, I didn't even have that token brown girl growing up. Mm -hmm. There was no Indian girls in the campaign. So it was like, okay, this is step one. And that's kind of how I'm seeing what's happening right now. Even though it feels a little cringe, a little like, what the fuck took you so long? It's Mm -hmm. also like, this is almost like a necessary that needs to happen for this Mm -hmm. to um, sort of normalize for the next generation. Like we were saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. Better late than never, I suppose. (laughs) I suppose. But I appreciate you saying that because like, yeah, like when I think about everything we did from like the very beginning of launching this brand, the one thing I will say is when I pitched some investors, some mainly men investors, um, because I also didn't know what I was doing, to be very, very honest. I first time CEO, figuring it out. I didn't know if I needed investors, did, did or didn't. Did I want to bootstrap this? The full reason I ended up getting investors was because I wanted strategic people who believed in what we were doing that could help Mm -hmm. us achieve our goals. And they truly Mm -hmm. believed and aligned with like perfect example is um, Bobby Brown, a a white Jewish woman who to me was one of the very few beauty brands that is, doesn't need to jump the gun now and get on board because Mm -hmm. she stood for this before anyone did. And, and that wasn't as a person of color. And I think if more people just with their, like, it really is just like about your heart and soul believed in what's right. It's just as simple as thinking about what's right. (laughs) You would know that it's important to um, have diversity and inclusion be a part of the DNA of your brand. But unfortunately that wasn't the case. But when I pitched some male investors in the beginning, none of them understood why it was important to me to start as a community platform first. Um, they all said to me, you already are an influencer. You have this following, just like call it deep beauty and launch. And it was so important to me going from being on the corporate side of the beauty industry to being a beauty influencer, seeing Mm -hmm. all the holes in the spaces of representation to create this movement around showcasing people that you don't traditionally see in the beauty industry, mm-hmm. the, all the little holes and giving them a home to like talk and have a safe space and tell their stories from their mouth. And, mm-hmm. and, and that like, you know, it was those little details that we did early on that I think a lot of people just go for what's the monetary benefit mm-hmm. of what you're doing and don't mm-hmm. really sit down and process your why, like what's your purpose of building this brand? Like, why are you doing it? I really right. like miss people caring about that stuff. And I'll be mm-hmm. honest with you. I just had this conversation with my therapist and life coach. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so much of it came down to the pressure that I was seeing online of trying to succeed to build these billion dollar valuation companies. And you feel like when, when, if you're going down that path of trying to create this billion, by the way, billion, like since when was like a million or a hundred million or 10 million, like your impact is all about what you, what you make of it. And so anyways, Mm -hmm. my point of this is that like, I feel like I had this pressure from the world outside of me to create a business that I didn't actually want to build. And so once I removed those layers and the noise of outside people and cut out them, it was like a blessing that those investors weren't interested because the ones that are interested don't question me when I say, I want to spend money on producing a show where we bring in amazing people like Nazanin to come and tell their narrative. And, you know, 
recognize the importance of that storytelling Mm -hmm. um, versus like, let's just launch with 50 products. And, and I just felt like the last thing the world needed was another motherfucking beauty product. It Mm -hmm. has to have a meaning. Like, like, there has to be a a purpose and a a meaning and a connection to it. And, and it, it, to me feels like I, I I think it's because, because of that feeling and how we're building this, I feel like I wake up every day like as if I'm achieving my purpose and, mm-hmm. and that feeling is, it's just really nice. <laughs> yeah. That's immeasurable. That's amazing. That's and that's going to create longevity for you because it, this whole vision you have, you believe in it so heartedly and it's so important and so needed. And as time goes on, you know, you're, which is sad to say that you're ahead of the game, which is like, <laughs> that's like horrible that you're ahead of the game. <laughs> if we're really talking yeah. Frank, but you know what I mean? It's, it's totally get it. I know what you're saying because so much of what I said when we started this movement of hashtag live tinted mm-hmm. was I feel like, like, how do you measure that you're doing, that you're making progress? And I felt like seeing more brands hire diverse talent and brands reaching out to me saying, Hey, you posted this girl on the live tinted page. Um, are you personally friends with her? We'd love to feature her in this campaign. Like that, that to me was, shit is changing in the best way possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, it might be performative. It might not be, but at the end of the day, there's progress being made. And I I choose to focus on that because you have, you have to, (laughs) you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's go backwards for a bit because we jumped all the way into your live tinted days. (laughs) It's That's too it. good. I, I want to know how has your culture had an impact on your career, and in, and if so, in what ways? Your I'm personal at, culture. Yeah. So I like I'm at home right now at my parents' house, um, and I don't I don't even know. First of all, when I'm going back to LA, because I am recognizing so much can be done remotely. And while I'm here, I again am having these flashbacks of when I was in high school and. My dad's been cooking, which is like the sweetest thing. My dad is cooking for me every single night because my mom is with my sister taking care of my nephew. It's a long story. But anyways, <laughs> um, point of this is that I had these flashbacks of when I was in high school and I was so embarrassed to have friends come over because my mom would always be making curry. And mm-hmm. I have this very stark memory of a friend coming over and asking to leave because she couldn't handle the smell. And Are you serious? It's That's crazy. It's you say that now, right? But think back to your own version. Of I know. Growing up in your yeah. version. No, I mean that's traumatizing. It was traumatizing. Yes, absolutely. I didn't ever have people come over after that. I was embarrassed of my mother. I, um, you know, way she dressed, way she spoke, and I, I hid her in, from my life. My, mm-hmm. I mean, it, there was it's so deep rooted for me, and. Um, so I think when you say, how did my culture impact me and who I am today, it's impacted everything. It's the mm-hmm. full reason that the Live Tinted part of our core values and mission is to incorporate beauty meets culture. Like we want that to be the cross section of what people feel when they come to us and people to celebrate where they came from because I hid that for so long. Mm-hmm. And um, right. our latest launch was a shade called Free and I was my gut reaction was like, oh my God, it's, it's during festival season, like Mardi Gras, let's, let's throw this like Mardi Gras themed party. And then I was like, hold on, 
It's also right by Holy, which is the Festival of Color, which is back to my culture and my heritage. And that was a holiday that I hid from my friends and myself my whole life growing up. This is the perfect moment for me to kind of get over that fear of publicly speaking about something that I should be celebrating from my mm-hmm. culture. That's such a beautiful thing. It's a festival of color. It's celebrating yeah. color. Um, and so we ended up doing a holy themed party and it was, it was such a like personally proud moment for me because I feel like that was me really owning my identity and where I came from. And even now on my, like my YouTube channel and stuff, my favorite content is showcasing my, my family because I just, I really hope girls and boys and anyone growing up today, um, it's just proud of where, where they came from. It's, mm-hmm. it's such a beautiful thing. And it is, it, it is what makes you who you are, right? Mm-hmm. And in the best way. And I was so embarrassed of that. So when I say it's what, how did my culture um, impact my business? It is my business. It is the full reason I wanted to create a beauty brand. Like truly being in the beauty industry for a decade, you, you're numb to the product. It's no longer exciting to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you start to realize, you know, these products are all made from very similar places. All these brands are creating things from a, one of very few manufacturers. And it's kind of like, what, what do you want people to pick up and hold that product and feel when they wear it every single day? And I hope people pick up our products and feel like they can just have like that for that one moment, like mm-hmm. a memory of their childhood or their culture, their background and feel proud of that. Mm-hmm. That's what my goal is, at least. I love that. Well, Honestly, your parents must be so proud. Mm-hmm. So, so proud of you. Oh my gosh. What you're doing is, is amazing. Well, it took a, you know, it, 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 took a thing. it took a minute because they are your South Asian parents who yep. their idea of success was um, education on education on education. Because education equals respect in America and respect mm-hmm. is the ultimate American dream. And mm-hmm. so becoming a doctor was like, it was doctor, lawyer, engineer or get mm-hmm. married yeah. same thing as persians exactly. <laughs> same thing same thing i would imagine your parents wanted you to be doctors i feel like persian doctor is a yeah yeah right? i i could i got a lot of pushback in the beginning when i wanted to become a makeup artist to the point where i didn't pursue it till a lot later in my life because yeah. i felt like well these are my parents and they know what's best for me and you know i should listen to them and you know so you kind of put put those dreams on hold for a moment and in reality they just don't know because like you said, you know, a lot of them are immigrants and they come here pursuing that quote unquote American dream. That's what they come here for. And that American dream is a very narrow box of a doctor buy a house, you own your property and you get married and you have children and then that's the end of your life. And there's no other gray area. You know what I mean? And so going back to our generation, we've really, you know, broken those barriers and said, no, this is how I want to live my life and kind of normalize that. But I will say with that comes, and I don't know if you feel that way. um, Sometimes I feel a sense of guilt that am I honoring my culture enough? Am I honoring my parents enough? Am I honoring my dad and his beliefs enough? Because there's a lot of things I don't agree with and want to live differently, but how can I still like honor him in that way and honor my culture and not, not forget about it. So it's, first of all, I think it's that last name. You need to bring it back. Yeah. yeah. And like, I I really think I can feel in your voice that you, you want that you want to 
honor that part of who you are. And you know what? I think at this point in my life, I confidently can say I feel proud of what I'm doing for the next generation of South Asian women and and just women of color in general, giving them, hopefully, this is like my goal is this, it's really hard to imagine you can do something if you don't see somebody else do it. Mm-hmm. And my hope uh-huh. is that by, by showcasing that you can succeed in other fields besides the traditional career paths that our parents as immigrants thought were the only ways to succeed, they believe that they can do it too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I've, I've gotten the DMs from girls that, I mean, whenever, you know, there's those days where you don't want to get out of bed, you don't want to work. You're just like, oh my God, I'm, is there progress actually being made? And I always like go read those DMs and I'm like, damn, Deepka, you're doing something and it's important and you have to show people that you, not just people, honestly, it used to be people for me if I'm being real, but now it's more about proving to myself that like this, what you're, what you're doing is important and and Mm -hmm. you you don't need that external validation anymore. It's important. But I will say that first external validation that mattered to me more than anyone was my dad's. And Mm -hmm. him telling me he's proud of me was uh, like, I have the most vivid memory of that moment because Mm -hmm. I think every daughter of an immigrant dreams of hearing the words, I'm so proud of you. And my dad saying that to me, um, I I have to tell you all the story because it was so... It was such a moment. Um, so the first time I did the Today Show, what you were saying in the intro where um, my video went viral and I quit my job and I literally did not tell anybody that I quit my job because I'm very privileged in the fact that I knew that if I had quit my job and told my parents, they would feel like they needed to help and support me. And I did not want that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just did it. And I went home that weekend though, and I was just like, okay, deep good, like take one weekend to process your thoughts, be with your family. They calm you, they level you, and then go and hustle your ass off. I was living in New York at the time. And I came home and I'm sitting on the couch with my dad. We're watching some like Bollywood movie or something. And <laughs> he asks me to come into the study. And I'm like, okay, if I'm going into the study, he's about to like send me on a flight to India, get me in a marriage. <laughs> Uh, my life is like he found out. My life is over, done and done. Game yeah, over. yeah. We're so we're so afraid. So afraid. So afraid. I was twenty five years old at the time and terrified of my father. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh my god! And um, he calls me in, and I'm like, before he says anything, I'm like, Dad, before you say anything, I'm not. I'm gonna do this, and I don't care what you say. And he just like looks at me, and he hands me a check, and he's like don't think of this as me giving my daughter money. Think of this as me investing in a business that I believe in. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. I mean, I lost it. I was like, (laughs) I I was crying. I am a cancer AF emotional mess. And I just was, (laughs) I was a mess. And I tore up the check because I'm super dramatic. And I like, Money. I just needed to know that you were with me and you supported me. And now I can do anything in the world. And and that really was how I felt. And so he didn't say the words at that moment. He was proud of me, but that was like his way of saying, I believe in you and Mm -hmm. I'm here with you. I'm not in this alone. And to see my dad, who's dreamt of his daughter having a stethoscope around her neck and (laughs) go save lives, it meant the world. It meant the world. World. Wow, that's monumental. So that. That's so beautiful. Yeah, and you oh, know what? Like, and- 
I just think that what you said is so right, Nadia. Like, I feel like he, it's not that they don't want to see, they, our parents just want to see us happy. That, that's, mm-hmm. period, that's what it is. But mm-hmm. they think they know how to do that because of their own lived in experience. Exactly. Exactly. And it's important to, to know that. And I think like a lot of times we'll get questions from listeners about their parents. You know, I want to do this. My parents don't want me to do that. And that's the thing that I always try to stress is that your parents, I mean, I don't know your parents personally out there, but for the most part, I would like to believe that your parents only want what's best for you. They just have a smaller vision of what that is. You know what I mean? It, Exactly, because of their past experiences. But now sure. I come home and I literally see my dad sitting on the couch watching my YouTube videos. Oh, so <laughs> every magazine either I or Liv Tinted have been in is right on the coffee table and like so proud. And it just makes it all so like worth it. All of yeah. you guys know this. This, this we know the hustle and a grind. Every other yeah. day you question what you're doing and why you're doing it, the circles you're around, you all of those feelings every single day consume you. And without the grounding factor of your family, you can just get lost in all of it. And so um his support meant everything. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, that's- That is amazing. Well, speaking of your father, I genuinely enjoy watching your stories. Uh, He makes me laugh. He's hilarious. Like you guys in the car. It's so good. All of it is so good. I love it. And he's so, you know what it is? Also, like my dad feels very nervous. My mom and dad are very different people. My mom loves the camera and all the things, but (laughs) (laughs) oh my God, she loves it. But my dad is very nervous because he is he comes from a generation where he feels like no matter what he does, isn't going to be enough in America. And so mm-hmm. he's always terrified to be on my social. Cause he's like, they're not, it's not going to, no, 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 you have to, he's also trained to think being more Americanized is mm-hmm. what's going to make you um, succeed in America. Yeah. Right. And it's kind of like now I'm teaching them mm-hmm. that, Oh, like what you guys, where you came from and everything you've, instilled in Monica and me, my sister is, is really important to continue to like, you know, our kids and their kids and things like that. So, yeah. Cause it, it, we've been taught to just try to fit in just, that's the whole thing. It's just fit in, like, don't draw attention, fit in, do your job, make your money. That's it. And, and going back to being a teenager it's it's cool to see you because you are the role model that you needed back when you were a teenager. Now. Absolutely. And that's huge. That's huge because that's that's the other power of social media right now is that when we were growing up, we were teenagers, we didn't have access to that. So the only role models we had were in magazines and on television, right? And now we have social media where we have people of all different races, cultures, genders, all different backgrounds succeeding and saying, you can do this too. So that's it's freaking awesome. I, I remember growing up not seeing anyone who looked like me on TV. And so I would go to the closest possible option, which like, mm-hmm. for me, I guess I would say like, I saw Tyra Banks and I was like, mm-hmm. there, there, there was no Indian girl. Like that mm-hmm. just wasn't a thing. So I right. went to the next closest complexion. And then, um, Kim Kardashian, like, I, I remember, like, I think I got to like, I don't know what age it was, but she would wear, I still remember this very specific memory of her wearing like NARS Turkish delight. And I don't even know if that, <laughs> I don't even know if that shade even exists anymore, but I just remember 
thinking, well, she wears it. It's going to work on me. And it's right. like, what the hell are you talking about? You guys are not even close in skin color. <laughs> but I, right. have, I didn't have anyone even remotely close. No to references. Me. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, she's Armenian and I'm Indian and that's the closest I'm going to get. So like, I just need to kind of go with that. So yeah, I, I think there's a lot of negative that comes with social media, but I try to focus on the positive and the fact that people like myself who are not I still remember this memory of an agent telling me that I'm relatable pretty. Those exact wow. words. Yeah. That is, wow. wow. I don't yeah. even know what, like, what is that, what yeah. does that even mean? Like you're like supposed to be like ordinary, like girl next door, like type? Yeah. Like, I don't understand. That's how I took it. Yes. Yes. That is That's exactly. such a weird thing to say. They were like, they were like, you're pretty, but, and it's like, and it's funny because I actually had that recently told to me too. And it, and now I'm like, thank you. Like I take it as a compliment because I'm like, okay, yes. so you're saying that I'm not like, because in today's world, I guess saying relatable pretty is saying that I'm real. I'm not, there's not like a ton. I don't know. But anyways, my point is that that feeling of, I know that I am exactly who I am and I'm not trying to like, even when I wear makeup, I'm, it's maybe a five minute face. And, you know, of course, don't get me wrong. I love getting dressed up and having a night out. But I, it, when I was younger, I was putting makeup on to like hide who I was mm-hmm. and now I'm putting it on to amplify who I am. And it's just Absolutely. a very different, different thing. And, but yeah, that idea of being relatable, pretty, it's just funny to me. It's almost like what the, I want to like, maybe my book name will be that. Cause it's just, <laughs> that's actually it's really good. Actually. I'm not mad at that. Yeah, because you're 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 turning it around and empowering it on your own. Yeah, I like Damn, that. I, well, recently I heard it because somebody was saying to me, um, "Well, because there's like Priyanka Chopra," and I'm like, "Wow!" So the only other Indian girl in the game <laughs> is Priyanka. Is Priyanka, and she was Miss Universe. Yeah. I was like, "Yeah, you're right. I'm not Priyanka." <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god! Please. Okay, good. let's talk about colorism within different cultures yeah. because this is a big thing that we see. Um, how, first of all, let me break down what colorism, colorism is. So in case people don't know, um, colorism is the discrimination based on skin color. It is a form of prejudice or discrimination, usually from members of the same race in which people are treated differently based on the social implications from cultural meaning, cultural meanings attached to skin color. So, I know, you know, even in Persian culture, Asian culture, all different cultures, the the lighter you are, the more preferred, the better. Hence why they have bleaching creams and all this, you know, garbage um, to make you lighter. How, how do you think we start to change that mindset on that? Because I know that your brand is all about eliminating that. My whole dream is that the idea of even colorism isn't even a word that is um, thought of in the next generation because, and I, I really think it's possible. I really do. Like our parents, they're never going to get it. We can try. And I, I actively try. My mother still tells me to stay out of the sun and we can try. But I think what's more important is thinking about um, girls growing up today and how can we make them realize that their skin tone is perfect exactly as it is and if you get a tan that's beautiful and if you don't get a tan that's also beautiful like Mm -hmm. and I think that god it's such a heavy weight behind it but for us when we started Live Tinted starting with just the storytelling aspect and showcasing people 
from all different backgrounds on her page was to me step one, because again, I saw what I saw in the media and that made me think that's what I had to look like. So with social media existing, we could just create a, a page, a community, a platform to show you little girl growing up in um, Texas or in the UK or in India that you are beautiful. And by the way, here's a platform showcasing that. So that was like my, it's, it's not a, you know, people say this all the time about racism. Colorism is the exact same thing. This isn't going to happen overnight. These are things that we have to actively, consistently, and through time be doing to really impact that real change that we want to see. Mm-hmm. So my step one was really that. And then step two was coming out with beauty products that really made sure that bleach cream was so far in the back of your mind and really mm-hmm. amplifying and um, our, our catch, our phrase that we say is celebrate your hues. And to me, that is just another way that we can through our beauty product launches and campaigns showcase people again of all different skin tones. I mean, if you look back at our very first launch campaign last May, um, I made sure that there was people of all different skin tones, but also multiple people from the same cultural background. We had multiple black women, multiple Indian women. We had mixed race women because I wanted to just dismantle everything that I had been a part of in the beauty industry. And that was tokenism and that was Mm -hmm. colorism. And and by the way, we're a startup. So like this was done when people hear fundraising and stuff, we fundraise enough to, to just exist as a business. Like Mm -hmm. that is just, I, I think that's a thing that people don't really understand. So like, Every dollar mattered, but it was still important to us. And luckily, and I think this was a beautiful thing too, people from our community were the models in the shoot. It was real women who were coming out here and they had no modeling experience and they were super nervous, but they did it. And then by the end of it, I remember one of the um, girls said, man, thank you so much because I never have been comfortable showing myself without makeup. And the fact that I'm doing it in a beauty campaign is really powerful. Mm. it's really just these little things, right? Like every part of the brand is doing this. And now it's like, okay, how can we take that to the next level? So now we have this community that um, stands for dismantling colorism. We're creating products that stands for dismantling colorism. What's the next step? And to me, that is partnering with a charitable organization that's doing the real work that on a day-to-day basis to ban bleach creams. Because mm. like bleach creams, they need to go. They have mm-hmm. to go because seeing that on a shelf I saw that on my mom's counter growing up. I assumed that that was the beauty standard I needed to live by. Mm-hmm. Right. By removing them from the market, that's just that's another step. And then I think, and this is something that we're we're in active conversations with the charity right now. That I'm hoping, like my dream is to just like they're doing the work. I I thought about like, do I want to start my own versus like work with an existing one? What it would be. Disin- not disingenuous, but it just felt more right for me to partner with one that was already doing the work and has already mm-hmm. been proving that they care about this from mm-hmm. the beginning. Help them hopefully reach their goals because they're aligned with our goals. And so that's our next step is actually working with them. And I feel confident I can get into the room at these beauty companies and help make that actually happen. Um, I think the next step after that is... Um, I, I want to get into classrooms. I want to get into a room with, with young people and mm-hmm. tell them um, and talk to them and read them books. And there's so many beautiful books these days coming out to show you and teach you that your skin is beautiful. And so, you know, there's so many things we can do, but I think mm-hmm. the number one thing that I've now told my team is 
when you think of your, our mission and vision statement, our vision statement that is on the wall in our non-existent office, since we don't have one anymore, <laughs> <laughs> mental office um, is dismantle colorism. And every decision we make now is going to be based on that why and that purpose. Mm-hmm. And if, if any, anything that we do from launching a product to partnerships to um, uh podcasts like I wanted to be on this podcast with you guys because I love what you stand for and you're two women of color so you understand what we're going through is it's it's the north star and so I think when you have that clear vision of what you stand for every decision you make can be based off of it mm-hmm. and we're doing the work every single day it's not about just it's not about one one post or one campaign it's it's a consistency that really matters yeah. Yeah. Live it, breathe it, own it, all of it. Yeah. Oh, going back to what was the, or the charity that you were working well, with? I, if this was like in two weeks, I would say it, but it, it's not oh. formalized. Um, Got it. So like I, yeah, we're hopefully going to be announcing it, but we've been having conversations with them and I'm hoping that we can, because to me, they're the ones doing the work like the best. And, um, I want to, I, I want to, I want to help. Yeah. Yeah. It's needed. It's very much needed. Mm-hmm. like the products to me are secondary to the movement and it's like we right. are launching of course new products and finally man because again startup mode um it took us a minute to really understand what products in the pipeline we wanted to create because again i didn't want to just launch a product to launch a product and mm-hmm. i wanted to really think about what each of these things stand for and have them have a very clear specific purpose just mm-hmm. like our first product, the Hue stick, which is a multi-stick, but also works to color correct dark circles. Like there's Mm -hmm. a purpose behind it. Um, We finally have it together. So there's going to be releases happening more regularly through this year and next year. Um, But that all to me is just another way that we are putting into people's hands, the idea of be so proud of where you come from and celebrate where, where, who you are. Exactly. Um, And amen. I, I going back to your hue sticks real quick because like color correcting is huge. Oops, excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, you're <laughs> making hard to get it. Yeah, it's um, but what I was thinking about is that I have always, you know, I, I do Nas's makeup quite frequently, yeah. and um, her and I, you know, both have dark skin. We both come from Persian backgrounds, so we have dark circles so it was always a struggle for her and I to figure out I mean it took us years to finally nail to get it right to find the right products that worked that didn't move that didn't peek through because for so long there wasn't a lot of color correctors on the market that were either accessible because normally just only big makeup artists knew about them um, and they were like you know you would buy it in a quad set or it was more for professional use Um, nothing as accessible but her, her and I try, right? Her and I tried out so many things, and I think it's interesting that I have heard other makeup artists, and I won't mention any names, but I've heard them in either tutorials or lives or whatever. When people say, "Do you like to use a corrector? Do you use a corrector, or what kind of correct do you use?" I've heard many of them say, "I don't use correctors." Yeah, and to me, that's mind blowing. <laughs> Yeah. Because it's like, are you not working on darker skin tones? Like, have you not encountered this? They're probably huh? working on darker skin tones. Yeah, they're probably not. Probably not because no, I need it. And I know that when I only use foundation and concealer, a couple hours later, my dark circles are popping through. Uh-huh. I need that extra layer. And, and I think what's so cool about 
your original video, which now has 10 million views, by the way, that is insane. That's crazy. With, <laughs> with your little vertical. <laughs> I know, that was hilarious. I was doing. So, it was filmed on a straight iPhone. Like, I right, right, right. Uh, 10 million views on your iPhone video, just, you know, you did it yourself, nice and easy, no backgrounds, no hoopla, no nothing. Um, but it was because you were bringing attention, this was like, what, five years ago you posted it? You were bringing attention to something that wasn't around, wasn't available and needed to be. And right. you also used a product like a lipstick that was people had in their, in their bags already that they could use to fix this problem. So it was probably like such a game changer for everyone. But yeah. now cut to now, now you actually have your own product called Sticks, which do the same thing. So give us a quick little rundown of that real quick. Did I did I send them to you, Nadia? I, I no, I really need to try them. My God, okay. <laughs> my also, I'm please use me for anything you need. I would love yeah. to be a part of Live Tinted. Like I, I believe in your vision immensely. Thank, I am I am literally writing your name down. Yay. Then her he sticks. Okay, so yeah, it, it really was um, an interesting moment because when we were thinking about what we wanted to launch first. I didn't want it to just be based off of my narrative because again, this was a community platform. I wanted to ask them what their number one beauty concern was. Mm -hmm. So yes, my video went viral and it had 10 million views. People had all these questions. I could have, I was thinking about coming out with color corrector when that happened. Um, and then we asked our community, what was your number one beauty concern? And they said hyperpigmentation in dark circles. So now mm -hmm. my video goes viral in 2015. This community happens in 2018, three years later, the industry still hadn't created a solution. So I was like, it was a no brainer to create that solution. And right. what you said about the lipstick, I thought was really important because color correcting feels like a very makeup artistry tactic that the right. everyday consumer can't do. Mm -hmm. And so that's why making it as a multi-stick, that's a beautiful eye cheek and lip color. But when used as a color corrector, the shades also work for both all like light, medium and dark discoloration levels made it more accessible to the everyday person. Mm -hmm. And I think the most important thing was a lot of people are like, well, you used a lipstick. Why can't I just use a lipstick I have at home? Mm -hmm. I've learned so much about clean beauty and what products can do to your face and what chemicals you're putting into your face. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I didn't know that at the time. I grew up with a mom who used one lipstick as a blush, as an eye, mm -hmm. like everything. Like <laughs> um, It was the only products that were pigmented enough to work as a blush on us growing mm -hmm. up, you know? So... Um, it was important to me when we created this product that it was a clean product that was safe to use on your eyes, your cheeks, and your lips. And it was multifunctional to really simplify because there's plenty of brands out there layering makeup on makeup on makeup on makeup. And I just didn't want to be that. This is a celebration of your hues. This is a celebration of where you come from. And so I'm not saying we one day won't grow into a brand who has like the fun makeup for when you're going to weddings or going out with your girlfriends, but to me, what we're starting with and what you're going to see for the future of our products is your everyday staples to simplify your beauty routine and celebrate your hues. That's mm -hmm. like my goal. Amazing. I love it. We all need that. Mm -hmm. I love how easy it is. Just one stick and go. Yeah. Yes. So good. That's all we have time for nowadays. Like to do a full face before running out to run errands is just, that's not even on my mind. So something no, like know. this is ideal. And also like with the industry we're in, we have, when we have to get ready, like so often, if I don't have to get ready, I am so not getting ready. Yeah. Yep. Amen. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And I think it's an age thing too, like what we were talking about earlier. When we're younger, we're masking ourselves and hiding and trying to change. And then the older you get, it's such a liberating feeling. Like I'm 35 and now I wear the least makeup I've ever worn ever. I'm like, the less I can put on my face, the better, you know? Right. So another thing that we're, to me, skincare really is like a part of my life. And instead of being a brand that's known for makeup or skincare or body care, whatever it is, I, our goal and plan is to do beauty essentials across the board because they all play into each other and they're all part of our lives. And I want to mm-hmm. do problem solution oriented beauty products that mm-hmm. again, it's, it's a choice. Like I today am not using color correcting on my face. And I think that's the beauty of it is really honing that message in about the fact that makeup is a choice. Be proud of your dark circles, own them. They're a part of who you are. They're a part of where you came from. But also if you want for like a night out, feel free to correct them. And then the fact Mm -hmm. that the industry has never seen it as an issue because they haven't had that lived in experience. We got to fix that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. They never have the right tones to correct. They think that they make the right ones, but they don't. (laughs) It's very limited. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that I have so much more to say, but we're going to have to cut it short. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Go do the next part of life. Yeah, right. It feels like every day, I was just, I was saying to you guys before we started this podcast, it's like you wake up and some days you're super energized and other days you're not. And this is the first time in my life that I'm letting myself be okay with the not and just Mm. actually just, this is, I feel like a sign from the world to slow down and Mm reevaluate and take care of yourself, your body, mind, and soul, and not just be on go, which is what we're saying. And that not is, feel guilty. That's my uh, current struggle right now. So I feel you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To not yep. feel gu- guilty about it and just be in tune with yourself and what you really want. You know, it's, it's, we are, we're stripping down all those layers. I think we're all sure. going through that. Okay. Um, okay. Let's end. This is, this was her motto. This is, this is deep, deep, deep. deep. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm like afraid to like fuck it up. So I'm like hesitating. <laughs> okay. Her mo- Deepika. Deepika. Okay. Her motto is mask them or rock them, but whatever you do, live them. So we'll leave with that. Thank you so much for being on our show and sharing your wonderful story with all of our listeners. Thanks for having me. Everybody. Thank you, Deepika. And we would love to have you on again. You know, when you, you launch something um, else or, you know, you're working with your charity and can announce it, like we would love to have you on again. Amazing. And we can hopefully have the girl who's running the day-to-day because she's an incredible woman on it with me. That would be amazing. That would be oh, awesome. Because yes. we Definitely. didn't even get into the business side of everything. I had questions about your business. So we'll, we'll definitely do a part two and have her on. That'd be awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Ladies Like Us from the Lady Gang and Podcast One. The Lady Gang Network is produced by Will Sterling, Steve Delamater, Kirsten Woodward, and Elizabeth Baquet. Thanks for rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcasts and tune in for new episodes every single week. Welcome to the Related Podcast. My name is Carly Bible. And my name is Amanda Bible. And we are two sisters that are obsessed with inner and outer beauty and everything in between. We hope to inspire you and bring you behind the scenes to discuss all things related to our lives. And nothing is off limits. (laughs) You can download new episodes every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podcast One. 